0: Story 14 of Strictly Business More Stories of the Four Million by O. Henry. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Warren Cotty, Gurney, Illinois. Story 14 Psyche and the Skyscraper. If you are a philosopher, you can do this thing. You can go to the top of a high building. Look down upon your fellow men three hundred feet below and despise them as insects. Like the irresponsible black water bugs on summer ponds, they crawl and circle and hustle about idiotically without aim or purpose. They do not even move with the admirable intelligence of ants, for ants always know when they are going home. The ant is of a lowly station. But he will often reach home and get his slippers on while you are left at your elevated station. Man, then, to the house-topped philosopher, appears to be but a creeping, contemptible beetle. Brokers, poets, millionaires, boot-blacks, beauties, hod-carriers, and politicians become little black specks, dodging bigger black specks in streets no wider than your thumb from this high view the city itself becomes degraded to an unintelligible mass of distorted buildings and impossible perspectives the revered ocean is a duck-pond the earth itself a lost golf ball all the minutiae of life are gone the philosopher gazes into the infinite heavens above him and allows his soul to expand to the influence of his new view he feels that he is the heir to eternity and the child of time space too should be his by the right of his immortal heritage and he thrills at the thought that some day his kind shall traverse those mysterious aerial roads between planet and planet the tiny world beneath his feet upon which this towering structure of steel rests as a speck of dust upon a himalayan mountain it is but one of a countless number of such whirling atoms what are the ambitions the achievements the paltry conquests and loves of those restless black insects below compared with the serene and awful immensity of the universe that lies above and around their insignificant city it is guaranteed that the philosopher will have these thoughts they have been expressly compiled from the philosophies of the world and set down with a proper interrogation point at the end of them to represent the invariable musings of deep thinkers on high places and when the philosopher takes the elevator down his mind is broader, his heart is at peace, and his conception of the cosmogony of creation is as wide as the buckle of Orion's summer belt. But if your name happened to be Daisy, and you worked in an Eighth Avenue candy store, and lived in a little cold hall bedroom, five feet by eight, and earned six dollars per week, and ate ten cent lunches. And were nineteen years old, and got up at six thirty and worked till nine, and never had studied philosophy, maybe things wouldn't look that way to you from the top of a skyscraper. Two sighed for the hand of Daisy, the unphilosophical one was Joe, who kept the smallest store in New York. It was about the size of a toolbox of the d p w and was stuck like a swallow's nest against a corner of a downtown skyscraper its stock consisted of fruit candies newspapers song-books cigarettes and lemonade in season when the stern winter shook his congealed locks and joe had to move himself and the fruit inside there was exactly room in the store for the proprietor his wares a stove the size of a vinegar cruet and one customer joe was not of the nation that keeps us forever in a furor with fugues and fruit he was a capable american youth who was laying by money and wanted daisy to help him spend it three times he had asked her i got money saved up daisy was his love song and you know how bad i want you that store of mine ain't very big but-oh ain't it would be the antiphony of the unphilosophical one why i heard wanamakers was trying to get you to sublet part of your floor space to them for next year daisy passed joe's corner every morning and evening hello two by four was her usual greeting seems to me your store looks emptier you must have sold a pack of chewing gum ain't much room in here sure joe would answer with his slow grin except for you days me and the store are waitin for you whenever you'll take us don't you think you might before long store a fine scorn was expressed by daisy's up-tilted nose sardine box waitin for me you say gee you'd have to throw out about a hundred pounds of candy before i could get inside of it joe i wouldn't mind an even swap like that said joe complimentary daisy's existence was limited in every way she had to walk sideways between the counter and the shelves in the candy store in her own hall bedroom coziness had been carried close to cohesiveness the walls were so near to one another that the paper on them made a perfect babel of noise she could light the gas with one hand and closed the door with the other without taking her eyes off the reflection of her brown pompadour in the mirror she had joe's picture in a gilt frame on the dresser and sometimes but her thought would always be of joe's funny little store tacked like a soap-box to the corner of that great building and away would go her sentiment in a breeze of laughter daisy's other suitor followed joe by several months he came to board in the house where she lived his name was dapster and he was a philosopher though young attainments stood out upon him like continental labels on a passaic new jersey suitcase knowledge he had kidnapped from cyclopedias and handbooks of useful information but as for wisdom when she passed he was left sniffling in the road without so much as the number of her motor car he could and would tell you the proportion of water and muscle making properties of peas and veal the shortest verse in the bible the number of pounds of shingle nails required to fasten two hundred and fifty-six shingles laid four inches to the weather the population of kankakee illinois the theories of spinoza the name of mr h mckay twombly's second hall footman the length of the hoosack tunnel the best time to set a hen the salary of the railway post office messenger between driftwood and red bank furnace pennsylvania and the number of bones in the foreleg of a cat the weight of learning was no handicap to dabster his statistics were the sprigs of parsley With which he garnished the feast of small talk that he would set before you if he conceived that to be your taste. And again, he used them as breastworks in foraging at the boarding house, firing at you a volley of figures concerning the weight of a lineal foot of bar iron, five by two and three quarter inches, and the average annual rainfall at Fort Snelling, Minnesota. He would transfix with his fork the best piece of chicken on the dish while you were trying to rally sufficiently to ask him weakly why does a hen cross the road thus brightly armed and further equipped with a measure of good looks of a hair-oily shopping district at three in the afternoon kind it seems that joe of the lilliputian emporium had a rival worthy of his steel but joe carried no steel there wouldn't have been room in his store to draw it if he had one saturday afternoon about four o'clock daisy and mr dabster stopped before joe's booth dabster wore a silk hat and well daisy was a woman and that hat had no chance to get back in its box until joe had seen it a stick of pineapple chewing gum was the ostensible object of the call joe supplied it through the open side of his store he did not pale or falter at sight of the hat mr dabster's going to take me on top of the building to observe the view said daisy after she had introduced her admirers i never was on a skyscraper i guess it must be awfully nice and funny up there hm said joe the panorama said mr dabster exposed to the gaze from the top of a lofty building is not only sublime but instructive miss daisy has a decided pleasure in store for her it's windy up there too as well as here said joe are you dressed warm enough Daisy?" sure thing i'm all lined said daisy smiling slyly at his clouded brow you look just like a mummy in a case joe ain't you just put in an invoice of a pint of peanuts or another apple your stock looks awful overstocked daisy giggled at her favorite joke and joe had to smile with her your quarters are somewhat limited mr er Er, remarked dabster in comparison with the size of this building i understand the area of its side to be about three hundred forty by a hundred feet that would make you occupy a proportionate space as if half of baluchistan were placed upon a territory as large as the united states east of the rocky mountains with the province of ontario and belgium added is that so sport said joe genially you are a weisenheimer on figures all right how many square pounds of baled hay do you think a jackass could eat if he stopped braying long enough to keep still a minute and five-eighths A few minutes later, Daisy and Mr. Dabster stepped from an elevator to the top floor of the skyscraper, then up a short, steep stairway and out upon the roof. Dabster led her to the parapet, so she could look down at the black dots moving in the street below. "'What are they?' she asked, trembling. She had never been on a height like this before. And then Dabster must needs play the philosopher on the tower and conduct her soul forth to meet the immensity of space bipeds he said solemnly see what they become even at the small elevation of three hundred and forty feet mere crawling insects going to and fro at random oh they ain't anything of the kind exclaimed daisy suddenly "They are folks i saw an automobile oh gee are we that high up walk over this way said dabster he showed her the great city lying like an orderly array of toys far below starred here and there early as it was by the first beacon lights of the winter afternoon and then the bay and sea to the south and east vanishing mysteriously into the sky i don't like it declared daisy with troubled blue eyes say we go down but the philosopher was not to be denied his opportunity he would let her behold the grandeur of his mind the half nelson he had on the infinite and the memory he had for statistics and then she would never more be content to buy chewing gum at the smallest store in new york and so he began to prate of the smallness of human affairs and how that even so slight a removal from earth made man and his works look like one-tenth part of a dollar thrice computed and that one should consider the sidereal system and the maxims of Epictetus and be comforted you don't carry me with you said daisy say i think it's awful to be up here so high that folks look like fleas one of them we saw might have been joe why jiminy we might as well be in new jersey say i'm afraid up here the philosopher smiled fatuously the earth said he is itself only as a grain of wheat in space look up there daisy gazed upward apprehensively the short day was spent and the stars were coming out above yonder star said dabster is venus the evening star she is sixty-six million miles from the sun Fudge said daisy with a brief flash of spirit where do you think i come from brooklyn Susie price in our store her brother sent her a ticket to go to san francisco that's only three thousand miles the philosopher smiled indulgently our world he said is ninety-one million miles from the sun there are eighteen stars of the first magnitude that are two hundred and eleven thousand times further from us than the sun is If one of them should be extinguished, it would be three years before we would see its light go out. There are six thousand stars of the sixth magnitude. It takes thirty-six years for the light of one of them to reach the Earth. With an eighteen-foot telescope, we can see forty-three million stars, including those of the thirteenth magnitude, whose light takes twenty-seven hundred years to reach us. Each of these stars... You're lying, cried Daisy angrily you're trying to scare me and you have i want to go down she stamped her foot arcturus began the philosopher soothingly but he was interrupted by a demonstration out of the vastness of the nature that he was endeavoring to portray with his memory instead of his heart for to the heart expounder of nature the stars were set in the firmament expressly to give soft light to lovers wandering happily beneath them and if you stand tiptoe some september night with your sweetheart on your arm you can almost touch them with your hand three years for their light to reach us indeed out of the west leaped a meteor lighting the roof of the skyscraper almost to midday its fiery parabola was limbed against the sky toward the east it hissed as it went and daisy screamed take me down she cried vehemently you-you mental arithmetic dabster got her to the elevator and inside of it she was wild-eyed and she shuddered when the express made its debilitating drop outside the revolving door of the skyscraper the philosopher lost her she vanished and he stood bewildered without figures or statistics to aid him Joe had a lull in trade and by squirming among his stock succeeded in lighting a cigarette and getting one cold foot against the attenuated stove the door was burst open and daisy laughing crying scattering fruit and candies tumbled into his arms oh joe i've been up on the skyscraper ain't it cozy and warm and home-like in here i'm ready for you joe whenever you want me End of story 14, Psyche and the Skyscraper.